Life Audio. You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm actually in Savannah in my hotel room and uh, I watched, I was watching YouTube and this sermon popped up on YouTube from Mark Driscoll and it looked interesting and I watched it and I want to react to just like a 10 minute clip or actually it's an eight minute clip from the video because he gives this amazing illustration about Um, concerning LGBTQ stuff. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So, Mark Driscoll, if you don't know him, I know he's controversial. I know that there was the Mars Hill uh, podcast, and um, but he's a pastor in... Arizona now, but when I first got saved in 2009, Mark Driscoll was very popular and very loved by everyone in the kind of, especially in the like the Gospel Coalition world, and and even he, even my pastor, he actually came to my church, I think in 2010, and spoke at my church. And so he was very. Very, very much loved. And then there was some scandals, I think. I don't I don't really know the full I've listened to the Mars Hill podcast, but I don't I don't really remember the full scandals. But um he does have, you know, kind of a harsh bedside manner. It's not to everyone's taste, but I love how clear he is and blunt he is in this video. And um it's all he's preaching on the book of Jude. And it's all about contending for the faith. And Alistair Begg just did a series on Jude as well. So I think Jude is very popular right now. It's uh, it's only one chapter. Uh, the book of Jude is just one chapter. It's very quick to read. And I think that um, people, pastors are preaching on Jude because we're in this culture right now where we need to contend for the faith. By the way, I know I don't have my microphone, so the sound is probably not the best. But bear with me. So I let's let's just take a look at this video and then I'll I'll stop and start and uh, comment on it because 
I think this is like such a crazy good illustration. Uh, okay, here we go. I, I titled this entire series uh, Black and White in a Rainbow World. And here's the reason. The two most famous or infamous symbols and icons in our world are those two, the cross and the rainbow. That's, that's amazing. Uh, so the two symbols in our world right now are the cross and the rainbow, which is so true. Um, and one uh, obviously is leads to life and one doesn't. So um, I love how he, he and w- it's, what's crazy about Mark Driscoll is he's so he's such a gifted preacher. He's so I don't know how he does it. He's one of the most gifted preachers out there. And I, again, I know his tone or whatever people might bristle at and they don't. Some people really don't like him. But I um, I appreciate just how <laughs> black and white he is. And that's what he's calling this is black and white and a rainbow world. And he's just so black and white. And that's and because I came out of that life, uh, I don't want to say lifestyle because I you know, I don't like that word because it sounds like a Martha Stewart um, play setting on a dining room table. But I I love because I feel so black and white now because I lived that life for so many years, for 20 years. And then when I got saved out of it, it was just like such a stark contrast and so black and white. So that's why I love this. So, so let's continue. In the church, our symbol, our icon is the cross. In the world, it is the rainbow. These represent two ideologies, two worldviews, two kings and kingdoms, two spirits at work in our world. Let me start with the cross. And when I speak of the cross, I'm of course speaking of the cross of Jesus Christ. And what we hear in the New Testament is that the cross is the symbol of our faith. Paul says this in Galatians 6.14, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord. As Christians, we don't boast about who we are, but who Jesus is. And we don't boast about what we've done, but we boast about what he has done. We boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I the world. The cross reminds us that we are sinners and that Jesus Christ is our savior. And it was on the cross that our great God and savior who entered into human history after living without any sin, substituted himself and suffered and died on a cross in our place for our sins so that the wrath of God could be diverted from us and the love of God could be given to us. The result is when we talk of the cross, we talk of that moment where the greatest love in the history of the world was demonstrated where our God, Jesus Christ, saved sinners and God's people say, amen. That's what we believe. The early church had to determine and decide what their icon or symbol of our faith would be. They considered many things, but they finally determined that the best would be the cross. So beginning with the early church father, Tertullian, around the second century, Christians began making the sign of the cross. We began wearing the cross. Artwork, it demonstrated the cross. Churches had atop them the cross. Within the church of Jesus Christ, the most significant symbol and icon on the earth today is the cross. Once you leave the church, the most powerful iconic symbol in our culture is the rainbow. Is the rainbow. That's true. Um, the rainbow is so dominant in the culture. And uh, it's weird because I'm in Savannah and I, it's funny because I don't really see it around here that much. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it's not. But in LA, <laughs> the rainbow flag 
is everywhere. And obviously during Pride Month, uh, the rainbow flag is absolutely everywhere. So, uh, so yeah, let's continue. It's interesting because the rainbow belongs to God. And like everything that God creates, Satan counterfeits. The rainbow appears perhaps most famously in the Old Testament book of Genesis during the days of Noah. And Jesus says that as we enter into the last days, they are like the days of Noah. We are living in days like the days of Noah. Everyone is just eating and drinking and rebelling and carousing, not understanding that judgment is coming. And in the days of Noah, God flooded the earth. And what God ultimately did, he killed or put to death all of those who were sinners. And then he sent a rainbow in the sky. And he did so to declare that he was entering into an eternal covenant of peace with planet earth and with the sinners therein. We read this in Genesis 9, 13. God says, I have set my bow in the cloud, a sign of the covenant. In our day, we tend to carry a firearm, or at least we do in Arizona and at Trinity Church. Um, (laughs) We believe that bad guys are real and they won't stop themselves, and so we'll help them. Nonetheless, in our day, we tend to carry guns. In their day, soldiers carried bows and arrows. That was their weapon of choice. And so what would happen is when a war was concluded, the soldier would come home and to denote that peacetime had come, they would go into their living room, perhaps above their mantle, and they would literally hang up their bow. And it was their way of saying war has ended and peace has come. When God put his rainbow in the sky, it was God's way of saying, I'm not going to flood the earth as I did in the days of Noah. There's gonna be mercy, grace, patience for people, even those who are in sinful rebellion. What Satan and sinners then decided is, if God is not going to deal with us, then we are going to mock him. We're going to sin and rebel against him. And we are going to presume on the grace of God. There's another place that the rainbow appears, not just in the first book of the Bible, but in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And it says this about our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That right now he is alive and well. And you need to know this. Jesus Christ is alive and well. Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning. Jesus Christ is coming again to judge the living and the dead. Um, yeah, that's when he talks about living in rebellion. You know, when I was living as a gay man for so long, I had no idea that I was living in rebellion. You know, I obviously didn't know God. And um, now when I look back on that, I just see it so clearly. It's so clear to me how I was living in complete rebellion. It's just Romans one all over again. Um, I was, as Paul says, suppressing the truth and exchanging the truth for a lie. And uh, I was living in complete rebellion. So let's continue. We'll be right back after this short break. That ultimately everyone has their word, but he gets the last word. And right now in the unseen realm, Jesus is seated upon his throne and he is being worshiped by departed saints and by divine beings. And what it says in Revelation 4, 3 is this, around Jesus' throne is a rainbow. Right now, Jesus is being worshiped in the environment of a rainbow. Satan has seen that rainbow. He lived in the presence of God before he rebelled against God, according to Revelation 12, lost the war in heaven and was cast down to the earth. He's seen that rainbow. On a few occasions, he's been permitted into the throne room presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the days of Job, for example, Satan was permitted into Jesus' presence. He would have seen the rainbow. 
And Satan is so covetous of the rainbow that he has decided that though he cannot sit on a throne in heaven surrounded by a rainbow, that he would sit on a throne on earth and be surrounded by a rainbow. And worshiped by people who are committed to his kingdom as a counterfeit of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's why I did a video a long time ago on just kind of the spiritual realm and just kind of the the connection between LGBTQ ideology and the spirit, the spiritual realm. And that's what he was just talking about. And so today, the rainbow is denoted as that which is demonic and antichrist. The current rainbow flag that flies continuously, but especially during Pride Month, it was originally created in 1978 by a drag queen artist in New York, of course. <laughs> the various colors represented various things. And so I'll explain them to you. If you look at the rainbow flag, here's what they represent. The red is for life. Okay, this is where he does this illustration that is so crazy. And it just blew my mind because it's so uh so well done. I mean, you may not like this illustration, but I thought it was pretty cool. The pink is for unbridled sex and gender confusion and no limits to human indecency. Yellow is for the sun. Green is for the environment, paganism, pantheism, panentheism, radical environmentalism. Turquoise is for art and creativity. Violet is for the spirit or the demonic realm. In addition, orange is for healing because the promise is if all of these come together, you'll be a healthy person. And then lastly, indigo is the color of harmony. And the goal of the rainbow flag is to integrate all these colors. And I would submit to you that the gospel of Jesus Christ is pure and it's clean. It tells us that we are sinners and that he is our savior. And that this is refreshing and life-giving. That is the theology of the cross. Let's just see what happens when we do exactly what the rainbow flag tells us. I, this is where he puts it all together. And uh, this, is the, this is the payoff of the illustration. It's, it's really cool. To do, And that is integration and syncretism and combining spirituality and sexuality and demonism and environmentalism and rebellion into one consistent summary and here's what we get we get darkness friends this is not progress this is darkness this is not progress this is darkness it's so crazy i wonder how he figured out that (laughs) combining all those colors led to a dark cloudy or kind of a dark gray charcoal gray black water i don't know how he, he got that and what we're left with today is a choice either the cross and the gospel of Jesus Christ or the counterfeit rebellion that is an apostasy that has taken over an entire generation, including of young Christians on planet Earth. That's where we find ourselves. That's helpful. That's not. So I like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, Jesus is the living water. Jesus is the living water and he's pure. Jesus is perfect. And uh, I just, I love that illustration. And now again, I just want to preface or I kind of end this video on, I was in that world for a long time. People were praying for me. 
people were loving me and my family. Um, and so I, it, I have nothing but love in my heart for the gay community um, because they're lost. I was lost there, but for the grace of God, go I, I was lost. They're lost. So I just urge all of us, if we have friends and family members or coworkers who are in that life to pray for them, to really pray for them and even fast for them. Cause that's what my family did because they, I, they, I feel for them. I mean, I feel like, I mean, they're blind and they're lost. So I just, um, I urge you to pray for them. I just thought this was such a great illustration and, you know, Mark Driscoll, God love him. He is, he is, uh, you know, he's very bold and he doesn't pull punches. And sometimes as believers in this current culture that we live in, we need to hear we need to hear strong words like that because uh, as he says later in this, in this uh, we'll link this below. We'll link this sermon below. But as he says later, he's, he says that, uh, you know, many pastors and pulpits today say what they're for, but they don't, they never say what they're against. And I think it's important given the culture we're in to be really clear on, you know, abortion and on LGBTQ ideology and on, you know, all these things that are happening at warp speed around us because it's, it's infecting the church. It's infiltrating the church. It's, it's deceiving Christians. Christians are falling for this. And so that's why it's so important to not only tell, you know, what you're for, but also talk about these other things that are very difficult to talk about and, may you know may offend people in your congregation but i think it's very important to do that and that's why i i do respect mark driscoll for doing that for just being blunt and even in, in alice rebeg did the same thing in jude i mean he was very blunt about this uh in a different way they have, they have very different styles but uh yeah so just I, I'll link this below and you guys can watch the whole sermon. It's pretty strong and it's uh, pretty powerful. So thank you guys for watching and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of the Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.